it is time to tune up the band and get ready for 10 tons of steel. For it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Good afternoon, chaps. How we doing? First of all, you're going to apologize to our audience for that. I apologize. <laughs> I, I'm, I apologize for, for nothing. nothing. <laughs> Woo! Oh, my Lord. I'm in a sort of mood this week. We're all in a sort of mood. It's we been are, a rough we are, week. We are. I mean, Dan can attest to that mood, <laughs> but I won't, de- yes. I won't delve into that. <laughs> we won't. Let's just say certain certain things were said. That's <laughs> in a fuck the WWE kind of way. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. I was necking two cans of beer at the same time. I was going on. I was shooting, cowboy. That's that's that's, that's how bad you know it was. <laughs> <laughs> but no, how have you? T- how 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 have you two been this week? I mean, it's been a pretty rough week week for me. Not gonna lie, mm. but we're here, yeah. so we're gonna just we're gonna do this. It's gonna be good. We're here. We're gonna go. It's been not the not the worst week for me, but like stressful enough <laughs> hey look at it this way the, the one constant is this we've been going at it for nearly 140 episodes so terrifying i know it yep. really is <laughs> for any of our listeners that have developed stockholm syndrome you won't be leaving us <laughs> if you want even more stockholm syndrome go to patreon.com forward slash sweet tim but no um Sorry, that's that's kind of derailed me now. <laughs> Where was I? Oh yeah, my usual spiel. We give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. Oh, you went all musical on that one. And you know what else will forever be musical? Our pending. We will sing the song of pending till the heat death of the fucking universe. That is it. Always pending. Always will be. Musical. I hate that we would do that. Let's get writing writing it, boys. (laughs) I hate that we would. We would a hundred percent do that. Fund it and put that on. Jared's the man. He can do all that he can. He's Jared. I I fully believe between. Myself and Reardon, we could we could write a musical. We could write a script for a musical. As yeah. long as we can include "Alone with My Baby Tonight," because you know Jeff Jarrett. Oh, we could do that. That's easy. Yeah. Come on. I spend my days working hard on the go. All right. Anyway, shall I? <laughs> Before we get onto the episode, all of all about... the background dancers are doing the Fargo strap. Yes. That's what I was doing at the same time. Now, before we get on to our episode all about the history of the Elimination Chamber, it is time to visit Dan for this week's rather quiet wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> wrestling news. Wrestling news. Yeah. Uh, kind of comparatively quiet this week, which in the world of wrestling almost feels like a bad omen. 
It really does. Yeah, yeah. Because oh. I'm fairly sure the last time it was like this, we ended up having Brawl Out. Yeah, no, it really was. You had like a week where we were like, there's basically no news. And then the next week was just constant discourse, which is horrifying. And ain't it, ain't it weird in those two weeks of absolute quietness, CM Punk has somewhat been involved straight after. What can I say? The man, the man knows what he's good at. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's been a comparatively quiet uh, week news-wise. Um, I would argue the biggest story to come out of this week is Mercedes Monet re-signing uh, or renewing a contract, um, which I believe is directly with Bushi Road. Mm-hmm. I can't exactly remember who is paying her, but I think it's just Bushi Road, just as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that which means that they can afford to like just stick her on just absolutely stupid money. Uh because hey, those gacha games are gonna sort themselves out fine. <laughs> <laughs> and at the same time, I don't think it would have taken much arm pulling from Bushy Road when you think about it to keep the to keep her on their cards because uh no. you can tell that she is thoroughly enjoying her time in Japan. Bushi Road can come along and just be like, hey, Sasha, so, like, obviously we're going to pay you this much, but we can also stick you in every single gacha game we own and give you, like, 1%, and that will be, like, an extra 5 mil a year. No, you want a cross-brand deal with Sailor Moon? You're like, you got it. <laughs> yeah, they can just be like, yeah, cool, we'll do that. You want a cross-promotional deal with, like, some online, some popular online game? Sure, we can do that for you. Mercedes Monet is now an Genshin Impact character. <laughs> like, I would. I, like, next thing I know, Final Fantasy Online is gonna have a Mercedes Monet armor pack. It wouldn't surprise yeah. me because I, I wouldn't put it past Bushi Road to do it. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm really pleased to 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 hear that honestly because I think it's uh it's brought some really good eyes to um. It's brought female eyes to the product of of, of mm-hmm. Japan as well. It gets a lot more female, uh, uh, a lot more casual female fans who weren't familiar with Stardom now seeking out the product, which it's really cool to see because Stardom can rule. Sometimes it doesn't every so often, but it can rule most of the time. As of which, you know, as of this recording, uh, Mercedes Monet has lost the IWGP uh, Women's Championship to, in a great match against Mayu Iwatani. Yeah. And but so, like, yeah, I'd keep her locked down. She seems to be having the time of her life in stardom in New Japan, so, yeah. But the, 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 the key point of it, though, is that basically Mercedes can go anywhere, draw eyes to it. <laughs> and then still go and record uh, and, and shoot episodes of The Mandalorian, yeah? Yeah. But she can go basically anywhere and bring eyes to a product, right? So whoever they decide that, well, wherever she decides that she's going to work and do matches, because I believe she's organized some stuff with other companies that aren't stardom, but... But hey, maybe this... Maybe. Maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe this could be the... Uh, this could be the guarantee that she might make an appearance at Forbidden Door? But, like, you know, that... That... that, that, that... That that could be the uh, the entry, but obviously it involves it involves New Japan, it involves stardom, um, and all of that. 
I mean, Mercedes Monet in a program with Mayu Iwatani is basically just a guaranteed moneymaker in Japan, so like it would be silly it, not to at it has, least it has Mayu Iwatani in it. Exactly. <laughs> so... it, would be, it would be silly to not at least uh, amuse the idea of of Mercedes working that pay per view. Mm-hmm. But, well, uh, especially especially because of how New Japan is promoting the IWGP Women's Championship. Exactly. exactly. And this is explicitly a a, a a New Japan AEW promoted event, so it would make sense they would have it there. Mm. Even if it was just like the opening match, although obviously like AEW, yeah, like several things about. Um, yeah, I guess just for me, the, the only thing is, like, you know, like, where does this leave us in terms of her doing some war work in the Japanese market? Just because, like, it would be really cool for her to appear in, like, Ice Ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see her in Ice a Ribbon. Kind of, a kind of product where, like, lots of people out there don't know about it. Mm. And lots of people find it hard to, like, get eyes on it. Sendai Girl seems to be almost a given at this point. Well, that yeah, I I, I imagine that will be like a certain because she's trained she's trained there before and has said about how much like Sendai would mean to her. So, but like like, like I would love if we could come out of this year and have Mercedes Monet versus Takasa Fujimoto. Yeah, like that, like that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm. Hell, there's the part of me that goes, you know what? At the realms of impossibility, why can't why can't we have Mercedes Monet versus Maki Ito? <laughs> no, but that but that's the thing though, because it's like, dude, Mercedes Monet versus Miu Yamashita. Yes. Like, just 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 fucking throw throw, throw that in there. Hell, run a run a program run a program Mercedes Monet versus Yuki Kamafuku. Dude, yeah, done done awesome. And then you start. You can start pushing it out further and wider and bigger. Run, get some promotion in Japan to run Mercedes Monet versus Oscar, as in not Venny, kind of Oscar, the other one, Venny Oscar. So I guess Dude, that's like that's like a that's like a set program. <laughs> From your perspective, Reardon, would you would you say it's would you be excited to see Mercedes in AEW if they were able to strike out a deal for this year's Forbidden Door? I mean, I'm always excited to see Mercedes, so yeah, man. It, I want her to do well. She's a fucking great talent. I'm... The only thing is, like, with Forbidden Door, like, Forbidden Door is... It's relatively temporary. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would go as far as to say that. You know what I mean? So that feels kind of that feels kind of odd to just have like Mercedes in for a maximum of a maximum of a trilogy with someone. Mm. Yeah. You know, but like, however, that trilogy would be a banger. So, but it is it is a bit odd for someone of, of her caliber to just be kind of like, well, I was here. Okay, bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, see you guys. It's true. It is true. But uh, I guess it remains to be seen whether it does happen or not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Either way, excited to see it. Really cool to see her re-sign. Really good match against Iwatani. I recommend anyone who actually has the chance to watch it, go watch it. It was bloody good. 
Like it well, like yes. like there was any like like it wasn't like a given there was any going to be, gonna be any doubt that a match involving my Iwatani was going to be bad. <laughs> That's for true. That is for true. Um. Anyway, speaking of other people who've been making their debuts recently, this one in AEW, Jay White made his in-ring debut for AEW against Commander. A lot of people seem to be like, for some bizarre reason already, a lot of people are like. Why aren't they putting him straight in the main event and now he's having to have this weird storyline with Ricky Starks and teaming with Juice Robinson? To which I give you well, the, the retort yeah, okay. of Kenny was away from the title picture for two years before he became champion and it didn't hurt him or harm him in any way, shape or form. Yeah, the only thing I'm, the only thing I have to say about this is why the fuck do we have to do Bullet Club? <laughs> in, in, in the year 2023, that, that's, we're that's still my, running that's my it own, back. That's my, own, that's my only thing. Right? There's enough Bullet Club in the world. <laughs> I don't need a splinter faction. We need I, David Finley's Splinter Faction for crying out no, loud. No, we Dad. don't need David Finley's fucking Bullet Club Splinter Faction. Actually, you know what David, we do need? David Finley, we, we, I like and can respect you as a wrestler, but I do not need you as the head of Bullet Club you know, actually, God no, you know what we do 2023. We need, uh, we, need, we need the honorary member of Bullet Club back in the fold. Yes, Jeff Jarrett needs to become needs to come back to Bullet Club. Look, right. This is the thing I will say. The Bullet Club is well, I say is, by my mind, it had already approached NWO levels. Mm. The only thing that is missing is that I do not believe we have had about 89 different members yet, but I feel like we're on at least 40. I feel like I believe we are at that forty. It's got to be at this point. Yeah. And you know because... what's the worst? You know what's what's the funniest part is that Bad Luck Farley has been the most consistent member of the Bullet Club. Yeah, but they, but like this, it it's <laughs> it's just getting like, <sighs> here we go again. Oh my god, it's Bullet Club Civil War. That narrows it down. How dare you just know the name of Bullet Club? That really narrows down this storyline. I wonder what it is. But now we have Bullet Club Gold along with Bullet Club Normal. Yes. Bullet Club. Are we getting Bullet Club Zero? We gotta have Bullet Club Zero. When are we getting Bullet Club Wolfpack? When is Stephen O'Mell coming back to renew his position in part as part of the Bullet Club? Like, Honestly, this, this, I mean, Arrow's been over for what, like four years? He's got time. But like, this is this is this is the th- that that's my only thing about it, right? Jay Wyatt can fully stand on his own. <laughs> When's Gabriel Kidd in, coming back? Fact, this is in one fact, man. In fact, if anything, Juice Robinson can can handle on his own. You know what makes me laugh about all of this, right? We were talking about members of N- of NWO to now how many like end up members of Bullet of Bullet Club. I only just realised that um, last week Scott Norton was one day, was a one day member of the Bullet Club. Oh my god! Well, because this was like, do you remember there was there was a thing on Twitter? 
we're just talking about did you know that there's an australian arm of the bullet club mm-hmm. I... they, so- they, they solely compete in um new japan's like australia new zealand division <laughs> which is like way smaller and as far as i can tell basically no one knows about <laughs> so, it's so silly. um and it has like six members <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. But yeah, anyway, Jay White's awesome and could stand on his own. I'm not mad about Jay White and Juice Robinson being together, though. Um, the Basically, the only thing I got out of this match was that people just really wanted to clown on Commander for botching a move. Mm. And they were like, oh, man, isn't this so silly? And I'm like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but, like, also, I don't really care. Like, why is it so much of an issue to you? Mm. It's weird. I don't know. It. I feel like in in the um, well, what I'm going to term the Americanized wrestling sphere. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'll have you right there. But like the 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 Americanized wrestling sphere, there is just this really weird warped view of what lucha is <laughs> like and it's nothing that el viking el, el vikingo does <laughs> yeah it's not even that though it's it's stuff like it's just it's just stuff like where they're doing like the oh cool i'm doing the wrist lock and i'm walking you up to the rope so i can do my stuff and doing lots of different stuff and i'm just like like what, like, what? What do you want? <laughs> like, 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 do you have a set list of like top rope moves that you like? You, you are acceptable to you, or like, mm. like, 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 what are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know. Yeah. Like, I, I saw a really good tweet about it, which was like, um. Like WWE got people thinking that Rey Mysterio's one Hurricane Rana and the six one nine spot was the peak of lucha. Yeah, and then they yeah. thought, and then they figured, what, 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 what could do? What could we do that's one better than that? <gasps> trampolines. You gotta so, have trampolines. Sorry, Sinkara. <laughs> See, but then even then, though, right? People clown on Sinkara, but then the company were like, ah. Sorry, I'll just figure it out as he goes. Sinkara. When like the when like the guy was having to like not relearn everything, but like having to learn how basically having to learn how to do stuff in reverse. <laughs> this match was recorded twice. <laughs> like sorry to any of like the diehard like Sinkara haters. <laughs> hmm. Like if you do, if you do happen to go and watch any of his matches from Expo, you will see he is in fact a competent wrestler. Mm. I'm much more of a Hunico guy myself. Just kidding. <laughs> Sentences no one in history has ever said until this moment. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, this is a whole sidetrack. Do you remember that time when they had like Cholo Hunico? Yes. I, I I always come back to remembering that, and I'm like, did I, did I like have a fever dream of this? Probably. No, 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 no. You you definitely didn't. You definitely yeah. didn't. Anyway, 
it's really cool that AEW is featuring more lucha stuff. Love it. Vikingo, Drillistico, um, Commander, all awesome. Keep them on the show. Use that sweet deal that you've got with Triple R. Uh, R. <laughs> and just like let people do cool shit. Um, don't complain about lucha wrestlers botching moves because then they'll probably just go and bust like a 450 out of nowhere. So, yeah. That's the end of the new segment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You let them know, Dan. You let them know. Let them know. Anyway, recommendation corner this week. What have you got for us, Reardon? Guys, how do you, we feel about football? It's Brilliant. the football. What's the football? It's going to move. <laughs> Brilliantly, aside aside from the the fact of supporting who I do support, which is pain. It's pain even now. Yes, it is. Which is incredible. I will never know freedom from it. And here's me standing standing in the middle of this discourse, going hello. Well, speaking of forever pain and suffering, <laughs> uh, I am recommending Welcome to Wrexham. Which suddenly became very appropriate. Yes. As at the time of this recording, Wrexham have just won and <clears> succeeded <throat> in the goal of getting out of the league, which means that technically I spoiled the end of Welcome to Wrexham. But c- come on, guys. Oh, well, look, right. We I kind was... of knew where we were coming to. Like, I was going to say, are you trying to say that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney's um, investment was paid for? <laughs> I mean, it paid for. It took an it took an extra year. Yes. Like, but don't let that discount watching it. It's a really, really. It's probably one of the. It's probably one of the the best like football programs ever made. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. Mm. Which I I could really get into a sidebar on how on how the the lack of really good football football movies and football media is rather staggering and only seems to be kind of like changing in the 2020s very odd yeah very um, very odd yes no it uh, welcome to Wrexham is awesome and i highly recommend it for anyone that was an insight into football at the lower levels yeah because <laughs> for, for reference um for, for those that don't know how promotion and relegation works, I won't give you a detailed run through. We'll save that for another episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, this is basically Wrexham going up to playing professional football or the professional football leagues for the first time in, I believe, 15 years. Yeah. yeah. At the time, uh, at the time, 14 at ta- years. At, yeah. Um, and that is a massive, massive achievement. And it is a, let this be a thing of. Isn't it amazing what teams can do when the people that own and invest in them actually care? <laughs> oh, don't, don't, oh, don't even start because of my team. Jesus Christ. Don't even start. Don't even start with me on that one. Pain. Nothing but pain for a year. But, yeah, it is rather fascinating watching like i'll be honest when i heard about it the first time i didn't trust it for a fucking second because i know what americans are like when it comes to football yes are you ready for some soccer like even even like even celebrities that i do like i was like this is going to be terrible and so watching watching rob and and ryan really 
understand the full breadth and depth of what they have gotten themselves into never ceases to be entertaining. Yes. And very heartwarming. It does really show like why I love football so much. Mm-hmm. And you get the you get to slowly see these two Americans become extraordinarily diehard about a team. It's heartwarming mm-hmm. is what it is. It really is. It is. And you also get to see these get to see these guys basically have fucking heart attacks like everyone else with every game. <laughs> Um, oh. speak, speaking of um, the lack of good football media, side recommendation to this, um, I really, really super highly recommend the 2014 documentary Next Goal Wins. Oh, I have heard of that. It is absolutely incredible. It's actually being turned into a feature film uh, directed by Taika Waititi. Yo. Um, <clears throat> Is that um, the one about the American? It's the one about the American. Yeah, it's, Samoa it's team, the one it? about the American American Samoa f- national football team, um, and them uh, basically getting investment from the US to develop their football. Um, however, uh, a number of years after suffering the worst scoreline in international football history. Wasn't it something like thirty-two nil? It was thirty-one nil against Australia. Yeah, my god, that shouldn't be possible. Well, it, the, the team that was playing for them was basically made up of like high school students. Oh yeah, that'd do it. If memory serves me correct, I believe it's Michael Fassbender is playing the main role of Thomas Rongen. If memory serves mm-hmm. me correct, I, I believe so. But I, um, I've did highly, not, I did highly, not. highly recommend the documentary. It is brilliant. Um, there's actually a really cool cool bit in it um on discussion about trans athletes oh um which i really really recommend um and makes it a really really cool uh <clears throat> a really cool documentary it's one of my personal favorites i will i will do that i will do that and if we're talking um, about and if we're talking about um I mean, if we're talking about sports documentaries, I'm just gonna—I don't even—I'm just gonna apropos of nothing. Recommend Fire in Babylon once more. Yeah. I am once again asking people to watch Fire in Babylon, one of the most vindicating documentaries I've ever fucking watched in my life. Yeah. Um, and then, <clears throat> as my actual recommendation for this recommendation <laughs> corner segment, which has gone much further than uh, I expected, um, I would like to recommend the. Uh, 2023 a few good records rec- a few 2023 a few good records compilation album which is a scar tribute to taylor swift songs <laughs> <laughs> and when i tell you this hat there's there's a cover of love story on this which is unreasonably good <laughs> <laughs> i love it it's great it's on Bandcamp. it's also on spotify um it's being done for charity as well um it's like seven dollars if you can afford to buy it or just listen to it on spotify it's all there for you it's fantastic and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to listen to taylor swift songs but as scar down right so if you want if if you want your taylor swift to be even whiter go ahead no i joke how dare you And by the way, Reardon, yes, I've gone and actually finally watched it. Uh, Fire in Babylon. Right. 
so yeah. good. I recommend it's... it to anyone. You might think cricket documentaries boring. Oh, it's not. It's, it's really it is tough. it is it is as I have described it many times. A entire an entire documentary about the West Indies going fuck around and find out. <laughs> it is incredibly galvanizing. Bloody good reason why some of the best cricketers ever came from the West Indies, people. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we got a we got an actual podcast to do. That is true. Shout out Brian Lara Cricket. There's a reason why he had his own cricket game and no one else did. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to you. Shout out to you. <laughs> anyway, let us get on to the main portion of this episode. We've alienated our American audience as much Doesn't as Doesn't matter. They gotta learn. <laughs> it is time to talk about the elimination chamber. So Opening gambit and opening question for you two chaps. What thoughts spring to mind when someone mentions the Elimination Chamber to you? Honestly, <laughs> I, I would call it, I call it like the unfortunate, and I do really do mean it, the really unfortunate redheaded stepchild of the WWE. Mm-hmm. I have I have two things that I think about it. One, the stopgap. Yeah. <laughs> two, pod. Pod. For me, it's people getting really fucking hurt. Oh yes. yeah. Oh, also, um, the one of the the best match types to have when you're playing a WWE game with your friends. Oh yeah, best, oh, best game mode in SmackDown. Here comes the oh, oh, just wonderful. WWE 2K14 Elimination Chamber with your mates goes so hard. <laughs> it really does. Ah, <laughs> oh, Spider-Man climbing the chamber, uh, the chamber uh, chain link, and then it's, 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 it's every, everyone climbing up the sides to go and do like a shooting star press off the top. It has to be done. So, would you guys like to know the origins of the Elimination Chamber? Well, I assume you're going to go a lot deeper than what I always joke about, which is obviously Triple H wanted war games, and Vince was like, no. Well, uh, there, fuck there you. is to be mentioned. Fuck you, Paul. Fuck. We'll, have our, we'll have our own war games. Fuck you, Paul. No strippers, Paul, my legs. No my no legs, Paul. <laughs> anyway. So, as we all know, before the Elimination Chamber was, in, was, uh, was introduced to WWE, they only had two match types that took place in a cage. Hell in a Cell and the Steel Cage. In Can I go, sorry, oh, we're talking about steel cage. I'm I'm already sidetracking this. Um, I <clears throat> okay. You can agree with me on this, right? Um, a steel cage match, which doesn't end by the person climbing out of the cage, feels wrong. Yeah, yes. I'm like, what's okay. the point? What is the I? Oh, thank you. Oh, you know what? Thank you, honest to God. I really do feel like. If you if the whole point is to not climb out of the cage, what is the point of a match? Is that you're like, oh, you can't run away. So the thing is, you got to be able to get out. Yeah, like, but see, but if you're you, not. If 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 if, if so the why aim of the cage match and submission. I was gonna say, if the aim of the cage match was like pinfall submission, then surely 
that should just be the lion's den slash the fight pit. See, th- this is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100 for. Thank I'm you. Okay, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm being agreed with here. Yeah, we no, are I'm objectively always, right. I have always found I have always found like cage cage matches that 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 just end in pinfall or submissions to just be kind of redundant. Real talk. <laughs> Hell in a Cell is different because that's meant to be like yeah, a, that's more a diff- hardcore that's a, that's, version. That's a, so, diff- that's a different concept entirely. And I know people are going to be like, oh, they're both just steel cages around the ring. Now they're different. Now mm. they're different. Exactly. Exactly. Should be escape only. It's the only time I'm going to be like a, 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 a an old man. <laughs> I'm a purist. A <laughs> I am a, I am, I am a, I am a steel cage purist. I can't. Yes. <laughs> so let us take us back to 2002. It is a monopoly in professional wrestling, and the keys to the kingdom are held by Vince McMahon. TNA has only been going for a few months at this point as well. (laughs) So we are just right in the doldrums of it still being a monopoly. And so in a bit of a weird... Well... Well, uh, an idea hearkening back to his love of the NWA, let's let's be honest. Triple H approaches Vince for the for the concept of war games to be introduced at Survivor Series. Vince kiboshes the idea because it's not his creation. Yep. See, I like this is the thing I always say to people about this though, which is like like this is a man who's so in his head he turned out an established property. <laughs> yep. Like yep. he turned down something with name recognition. Because it wasn't his invention. He didn't do it. So, he actually retorts back to Hunter to say, well, why can't we have our own version of it? And thus, the creative team, planners, riggers, the ring crew, came up with a combined effort to form an elimination-style match that combined Hell in a Cell, traditional Survivor Series elimination, the Royal Rumble... And war games. And thus, the Elimination Chamber was created. It was actually one of the ring crew's idea to... Uh, the original plan was to have the ring kind of like a Hell in a Cell structure, but with the pods on the floor. But it was one of the ring crews that figured, wouldn't it be a good idea to actually have a steel structure surrounding the ring so the steel and the ring are level with each other? Did that member of the ring crew also happen to just think about the Thunderdome? <laughs> I think he, you know. I think he did. Surely, right? The way it looks, it's pretty much that is Thunderdome esque in every way, yeah. shape, or form. Yeah, like come on, guys. <laughs> Not complaining. I just wish they'd admit it. <laughs> so, in storyline on television on Raw former WCW president and then Raw General Manager Eric Bischoff formally announced the creation of the Elimination Chamber during the October 21st episode of Monday Night Raw and scheduled it to be part of Survivor Series main event in November, taking place at Madison Square Garden. The six six people that were going to be part of this very first Elimination Chamber match Included Triple H, the champion, going up against Chris Jericho, Kane, Rob Van Dam, <clears throat> Booker T, 
and a returning Shawn Michaels. So, the stage is set, and we're here for, for the first one. We'll go a little bit in-depth, too, because it is worth talking about this first one. But I'm not going to go into all 32 matches that have taken place in WWE's history. Don't worry, chaps. <laughs> but this inaugural one is definitely worth well worth talking about, especially for some of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. So none of the competitors actually had a chance to look around the chamber and get a feel for it until the morning of the event. I'm sure that works perfectly. So they take a look. They're sitting in the bleachers of MSG, looking down at the structure, and all of them are going, oh, no. <laughs> and it's not only till once the structure is complete and they're in the ring that they're starting to plan stuff here and there. And I believe it might have been Jericho who might have said, yeah, I don't like this because this 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 just feels like there is no give to this whatsoever. And no matter what we do, we're going to get hurt one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really the thing <laughs> with, uh, with Elimination Chamber. It's become such a running... <laughs> it's such a running gag that there's actually an injury section in the Wikipedia article for the Elimination <laughs> Chamber. Yeah. It really is someone is going to be out for at least three weeks. Well, this is, this is the thing. It's like... If we're talking about, like, original... Well, because like, there's part of me which is like, obviously, I appreciate them making it safer... But yes. also, that first Elimination Chamber was just straight up just steel on the floor. It was just straight up steel, not even solid steel. It was slatted steel. So oh when you hit God. that, you're, you're welting up. Like, they, they really were just like, nah, we do not care about any injuries you receive from this. So you know what? It, it makes me realise how much of an absolute legend Rob Van Dam was to say, oh, for hey, real? you know what, dude? <laughs> Let me do a monkey flip on the steel. you got to land on it back first, Hunter. <laughs> fine, fine, finally. He, he's, Rob Van Dam saw that thing and said, finally, I can flex those ECW muscles again. Also, yeah, probably as a way to I, stick I, it to Hunter for not actually <laughs> letting him get the push. He's so needy. I was going to say... Like Rob Van Rob Van Dam was like, "Hey Hunter, I got a spot for you." <laughs> oh, trust me when I say though that that isn't the last we hear about this in terms of Rob yeah, Van Dam. It, it definitely H. isn't, as we will get to. Mm -hmm. So here's so here we are. It's the first one. MSG couldn't have picked a better arena for it, honestly, because because with the with the almost intimate nature of how close the crowd is and as well they were using the the side um arena entrance rather than um using like making their own entrance way they used the side entrance door um yeah. it makes it it makes it huge i'd say that the structure the elimination chamber looks massive in comparison to how the intimate nature of the of the of the arena and so yeah, I mean, from this one, the most notable things to talk about, of course, is Rob Van Dam's amazing spots. Like, he he was the one's first person to use the chain link fence to kind of climb up it and then dive off of it. He was yeah. the first person to do that. He was also the first person to kind of use the chamber pods as a way to do even bigger top rope moves. Um, 
We also had Kane throwing Chris Jericho through one of the plexiglass um, pods, which basically he was the, the the it was not supposed to happen. They kibosh uh, the I think the bookers and the producers kiboshed the idea of it happening, but because. <laughs> But because Kane came out too early and everyone had to call an audible as to what happened, basically Jericho said to Kane, all right, screw this, just fucking throw me through it. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that their thing was like, look, we need to figure out a way to to sort this out because something's gone wrong. And their thing is just, I just fucking wreck it. Like... (laughs) So I here we it. go. Van Dam gets to the top of the pod. The most infamous moment of the very first Elimination Chamber match. Top of the pod. Goes for an, a, a five-star frog splash. But because he's so... Because because he's at the top of the pod and the angle he's at, he can't do the full jump off of the off of the pod. Otherwise, yeah, he would he, just hit he, it and he, fall if, down. If he, if he jumps up and does it like he actually supposed to... Like, he basically just kind of, like, falls forward off it. <laughs> so he falls forward with no jump off the ch- pod, lands on top of Triple H with all of the weight of Van Damme going directly onto Triple H's throat. Oh. And basically crushes his windpipe. Yeah. He, it was, uh, I think it was a bruised esophagus and trachea. And for te- like they had to they had to stall for about seven minutes because uh, I believe a doctor at ringside who wasn't allowed in the chamber and El Hebner had to tend to Triple H because he w- he had tr- he had a lot of trouble breathing <laughs> after yep. that. See, this points out one what I think is a key point about <laughs> let's say creating these new match types. Consider the people in it. <laughs> because ah. giving people no time to prepare and then sticking Rob Van Dam in a structure of which he can jump off things <laughs> I think is a consideration that needs to be made. <laughs> I think the worst though the worst the worst injury that I could honestly say that happened on this one uh wasn't Triple H's uh windpipe being crushed, but it was Shawn Michaels haircut and his poo brown tights. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that was the biggest injury of crime to humanity. Sean, as a wrestler, I I can respect him. I cannot respect this this gear choice. It's awful, isn't it? (laughs) This is this is just straight up poop brown. It really is. Like, like honestly, get a stylist, honey. But as we've said, and as we've expressed on the Shawn Michaels episode, we've also talked about it on the in the uh, Reign of Terror of Triple H. Shawn Michaels did win this one. He he did. Only a month reign because <laughs> Armageddon. They ended up having that stellar match between one another for the World Heavyweight Championship. They yeah they did. I mean, I would argue that the best part about well, in this sense, the best part about Elimination Chamber is that realistically it can just be chaos. Exactly. I feel, but but also though, I feel like it's never really been used to its potential for chaos. Yes. No, I agree. <laughs> I mean, I would say the four, the first four, definitely had chaotic tendencies to. Oh them. yeah, they. Rob Van Dam jumped off the jumped off a pod and crushed Triple H's windpipe. 
And that's like it started as it went on. Let's just put it that way. Kane Kane entered the match too early <laughs> with with pods which had remote control opening. <laughs> like that's all. That's all you need to know about how about how this went in the first instance. There's like I said. There's just there's just shit like Rob Van Dam just being like, yeah, I'm gonna just monkey flip Triple H onto Bear Steel. It'll be fine. Of which, no, I'm, if, I, of which I, if, again, I am sure that Rob Van Dam very much enjoyed that moment. It was like, he'll be fine, and if not, fuck him. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say the first four, uh, in, in terms of, its, of the match history of the Elimination Chamber, were all Raw exclusive. The next one would take place in SummerSlam in 2003, which would see Triple H retain his World Heavyweight Championship against Jericho, Nash, Randy Orton, Shawn Michaels, and Goldberg. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And that was the that was the weird kind of long short tri- uh, Triple H because he just suffered a groin injury. <laughs> Oh, dude, the uh, oh. the 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 they're not even biker shorts. The bicycle like... shorts. No, but they're like beyond that, though. <laughs> the, no, they those were those were those were awful as well. The Ian Thorpe swimming trunks. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's an outdated reference. The, the, the worst part about them is just that they just don't work for Triple H's body. They really yeah. don't. It's like five pounds of uh, yeah, uh, ten pounds of sausage in a five pound casing. This is what a triple H look like. Yeah. Uh, so the third one took place at New Year's Revolution two thousand five, uh, which was the first time that SmackDown and Raw would have. Uh, no, no, it wasn't, because that would be the next one. Yes, because that, whole... that the other one after? Yes, because that would have been the one after, actually, as a matter of fact. Yeah, Triple H would end up defeating Bartista, Chris <laughs> Pinoir, uh, no, Stephen Richards, Chris yeah, Jericho, you. Edge, and Randy Orton, with Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee. Oh, oh this was the one where where Triple H didn't help Batista out and, and Randy Orton beat yeah. him, which sowed the seeds, of course, for <clears throat> uh, Batista versus Triple H. At WrestleMania, yeah, yeah, and then of course for the for the one in two thousand and six at New Year's Revolution, John Cena defeated Carlito, Chris Masters, Kane, Kurt Angle, and Shawn Michaels. What a mixed lineup! <laughs> this was the one where Edge also cashed in immediately afterwards. What 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 a, what a lineup that really is! Carlito and Chris Masters. <laughs> so, chat. I want you to ask, give you a little bit of trivia here, and I and pose you a Go question: ahead. Who was the first brand, other than Raw, to have an elimination chamber match? Mm. That's wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. wait. The, the first, first brand. brand that wasn't Raw to have an Elimination Chamber match. Well, the way that you're saying that makes me makes me imply that it's not SmackDown. <laughs> Which yeah. then implies it's ECW. It was the Extreme Elimination Chamber yes. match. Yes. <laughs> ah. Shout out to my... Oh, this is December to dismember. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. 
<laughs> the worst hey. pay-per-view WWE have ever put on. Hey, anyway, remember when there's this whole run-through about about them not having Sabu in this match? Oh, yeah, because he got taken out by fucking... Was it Bob Holly? Oh, no, it was a yeah. test. Uh, I think it was Bob Holly. What an absolute... See, because there's part time. of me, there's part of me that wants to believe that they didn't want they didn't want Sabu in there because they were too convinced that he would just damage himself. Of which no, I would no. argue that's just Sabu's pr- prerogative anyway. Yeah, like if you're if you're not having Sabu in this type of match, mm-hmm. what is the point of having Sabu at all? Because then I would, because then I would also just argue that because Big Show was in this, wasn't he? Yes. So just get Sabu to be ragdolled by Big Show. Yeah. Yeah. And then, it, and then if Sabu decides to do any dumb stuff, just let him do dumb stuff. This is how you know that their ECW bookers were not based. No, they were not. They just if if I am that if I am that booking team, I am doing everything in my power to get Sabu in that match. <laughs> it's just a whiteboard with the name Sabu underlined repeatedly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think who are because because Rob Van Dam was in this match, wasn't he? Rob Van Dam was indeed in this match. With Rob Van Dam, Test. Bobby Lashley, Hardcore Test, Holly. The Big Show, mm-hmm. and Hardcore Holly. Right? Was yeah. there anyone I missed? No, yes, yeah. Lashley, Show, Punk, Holly, Van Dam. Oh, Damme, yeah, Punk. CM Punk. Yes. Yeah, I'm doing everything in my fucking power. Fucking Bob Holly in there. No. Give me Sabu. <laughs> <laughs> Every day of the week, I'm taking Sabu over Hardcore Holly. I mean, yes, you have sense. I am now. No, I don't. You have more sense than the bookers, apparently. I mean, who? I mean, I mean, I mean, who in their right mind was having Big Show as ECW champion at this point? Let's be honest. Yeah, but that's just that's just a WWE move. <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Oh yeah, don't worry, we can stabilize this. We get Big Show as champion. Big Show is a draw." <laughs> so, before we get on to uh, talking about our personal favorites and stuff, I want to bring up some a couple of. Uh, a couple of little factoids and little fun things about the Elimination Chamber, uh, such as the structure itself and kind of little uh, who has the most eliminations, who has can the most can appearances. Can we verify whether or not it is, in fact, actually 10 tons of steel? Unfortunately, I can't <laughs> get an actual measurement. From what I've heard, it is a total of 16 short tons. It's the most consistent number I have seen. Okay. So, problem with that i have no idea what that means so here's 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 the here's the fun okay thing. i have found it i have found a conversion uh 16 us tons converts to 14515 kilograms which means it is 14 tons of steel not 10 <laughs> i mean it weighs at least 10 i feel lied to me too me too so I reckon I reckon they should have made it heavier just so they can qualify it as fifteen tons of steel. Yeah, round honestly, it out. You should be fine. Yeah, round that out. You just just put a couple of ball bearings. It should be fine. <laughs> yeah, just just pour some lead into the posts. <laughs> the elimination chamber now with added balls of steel. <laughs> God. So, according it's to the magazine, tons of steel plus. Plus fifty thousand ball bearings. 
<laughs> so here are some facts from a WWE magazine article that was posted in 2009. Okay. Jason Robinson was the was WWE's t- at the time production designer and was the one who co-designed uh, co- co-designed it as I, as I said as long along mm-hmm. with Triple H and a few members of the creative team. Several designs for the chamber were considered including a double ring structure but again was shot down purely because it looked too much like war games. Mm-hmm. And so the structure was actually manufactured in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Took two months to c- complete from design to completion, and it cost over two hundred and fifty thousand US dollars to construct. I want to know who their welders are. <laughs> the two months. Yeah. I feel like it would have taken longer. They got some fast yeah. welders. I mean, nothing, to be fair, those guys, to do in the those guys are in Colorado, is there? Yeah. Plus, remember, they're making all of the signs and shit. Could you imagine, like, how much experience a WWE welder has? It's true. Putting rings together, welding them. Yeah, like, like, say what you will about them. They know how to build shit. <laughs> yes. So, uh... The structure has 16 out of the outer structure is 16 frames, each weighing over 300 pounds. Chambers 16 foot by 16 foot by 36 feet. Like okay. as I said, weighs a total of 16 short tons. Ten of which is the steel. The six, the other six is the actual uh, chains. Those can those stretch for two miles long as well. If you wanted to, if you wanted to put them together and just and and and, and just kind of have one long yeah. line supposedly two miles again cannot confirm whether that is true or not but what i can confirm is that for each time they need to take this uh, take this entire chamber on the road a 50 foot flatbed truck is needed to transport <laughs> the whole thing apparently the assembly for the entire chamber can take eight to 12 hours to complete that makes sense though and yeah. eight huge motors are used to suspend the structure over the ring before each event. Now, honestly, at anyone... that point, I just I, at that point I just hire out a crane. Yeah. Now, for anyone who's looking to steal the elimination chamber, it is stored in a dock in Newark, New Jersey. Even the newly designed <laughs> one is. So wait, 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 wait! They just have it like all packed up, like it's a like it's a tent. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> That's incredible. Do you want? Do you want to try and steal the elimination chamber? That is a heist movie I would love to see. <laughs> Fuck the Declaration of Independence. I'm stealing the elimination chamber structure. Someone yeah. find me a 50, 50 foot flatbed lorry. This was actually uh, for the original chamber design. This is the reason why, for a little bit, they retired the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view because it was just so expensive to keep that chamber going, as well mm-hmm. as usually when they use cell structures like Cage Match, Hell in a Cell, they're able to keep them stored like several stored at a time in arenas. So for when they pass through during their kind of like during the show loops when they're touring, they, they know that they have certain cages in specific places where they're touring. You can't do that with an elimination chamber because it's so freaking big. On the ha- on the other hand though, 
if you're in the vicinity of Newark, New Jersey. <laughs> I'm not saying we should sit up a Brett Lauderdale. And you have and you have and you have a fifty foot flatbed lorry. Although in, by the by the implication that it's at a dock, if you have a, at least what a container ship. Yeah, you should be able to get 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 with it. You know, sneak it by no okay. problem. <laughs> now this now this leads me to another point, which is that. I vastly prefer the original Elimination Chamber over the over the current one they have now. Is it too boxy? But, yeah, well, I mostly don't like it because it's just kind of like boxy, and it. I, I like the chain aesthetic. Yeah, the the whole like wireframe thing. I'm, I I don't feel it. But I, the only other mm. thing that the new one has going for it is that you can, in fact, look into it. <laughs> It's just yeah. It does not reduce your visibility by half. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that they actually put padding around the steel grating this time. Yeah, there's part of me which is like, yes, that's very good that they are looking after their workers and have padding there. But also part of me is like, part of me is like, kumite, kumite, kumite. <laughs> Bare steel. <laughs> Apparently, Seamus has been the one, uh, fun fact here, Seamus has been the one that has been repeatedly hurt quite a significant amount. As you, well, of course, the most obvious thing is because he's, because, you know, he's out of a pale complexion, the welts mm-hmm. and cuts appear a lot more. Mm. But in 2010, then 2010 chamber match, he did suffer one hell of a concussion. <laughs> I am not surprised. Yeah. Also in 2010, talking about like fun injuries here, of course, in 2010, The Undertaker almost got cooked alive. Oh, yeah, that was when he got set on fire by the pyro, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. It was his ring jacket that actually fucking saved him because yeah. of the yeah. leather of the leather nature of his long jacket. That's what burnt the most. But he did suffer from sec- first and second degree burns to his neck and chest. And here's the fun thing. Well, I say fun, but during the entire match that he's having to stand there in the pod, referees and backroom staff are handing him bottles of water to douse himself out. And what I've heard from a lot of people that were there, who were in the ring and in the crowd, you could smell The Undertaker cooking. Oh, mate. That's disgusting. That's not not a thing I need in a place where a bunch of people are sweating as well. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's just a a grim environment to be in. I know. (laughs) Now, this leads me to another point about Elimination Chamber. They would always talk up about how, like, the pods are made out of, like, bulletproof... Oh, bollocks. Bulletproof it's glass, such isn't it? Bollocks. They're like, oh, it's made out of, like, bulletproof glass, or, like, it's, like, some kind of bulletproof-resistant polymer-type stuff. Yeah. And then I'd just see, like, Chris Jericho get thrown into it and just splinter in half. Yeah. Of which I have to say that that I'm sure that can happen in some capacity. I don't know enough about bullet resistant materials to say otherwise. But oh my god, it like as when I was younger, I was always just there like I feel like it shouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it definitely shouldn't do that. Oh, but I do have to say though, that like the thing of throwing someone through a pod or a spear into the pod as a spot goes hard. Oh, absolutely! Always. It was the most. Always. It was the most fun part of SmackDown. Here comes the pain throwing people into the pods. Yep. 
So with the I can't, remember, oh, I can't remember who it was. There was a really cool one as well where someone someone German someone into a pod as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. I can't remember who it was there. Same. I can't remember who it was. Do you remember the one where I was going to say talking about going into pods? Do you remember the uh, the one where Big Show tried to get at Daniel Bryan and ripped yes. the top of the pod <laughs> to get to him? That was so good. <laughs> So with the redesign of the chamber being a much more safer, boxier style, and of course the uh, the alteration of people being able to see through it, with the safety meant that now we could have women's elimination chamber matches. And we had the very first one in 2018 at the elimination uh, chamber pay-per-view, where Alexa mm-hmm. Bliss took on Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Sonia Deville. So, yes, we finally got women's ta- uh, Elimination Chamber matches, which took them long enough, if you ask me. But at the same time, I can understand why they held off on that, because if the men are getting constantly injured... Yeah. Yeah. It would... It would... But... It, it would just... No bones about it. Just, I... I... I, I wouldn't like to see I, I again I, I hate seeing the guys getting injured but I just wouldn't want to see them getting like women getting needlessly injured for doing a back body mm-hmm. drop spot onto steel grating you know yeah don't like it dude don't like it but I'm glad that but I'm finally glad that they're starting to you know do them um we'll get more I think into- we're able to do them we're able to see it because like hmm Especially as well, because then we get stuff like the Shayna Baszler performance, which was goddamn awesome. Which I will yeah. talk about in a moment when we go over some of our favourite ones Yeah, uh, for darn sure. But, so, would you chaps, before we get onto our favourites that we like to talk about, would you like to have some by the numbers section? Yeah, I'm actually mm-hmm. pretty intrigued here. So, who has had the most appearances in the Elimination Chamber? Um, I am going to go for the most, the most appearances. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Randy Orton. I'm going to say either Big Show or Triple H, actually. So, should I do a top three for you, gentlemen? Go, go yeah. ahead. At yeah. number three, we have Triple H. Six okay. appearances. Okay. Tied first. Chris Jericho and Randy Orton with eight. Chris Jericho, really? Chris yeah. Jericho, believe it or not. Well, he would have been. He, he was. He was in the early ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then they had that big thing where they just kept. They really wanted to revive it for like 2010. Yeah. Mm. So, so basically, what I've learned here is that Chris Jericho's WWE career basically perfectly lines up with the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> pretty much. So, who has had the most eliminations in Elimination Chamber history? Oh, this one I'm actually really not sure. I'm, 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 ju- I'm, I'm just going to assume that he's putting himself over and it's Triple H. <laughs> I'm going to assume actually John Cena, maybe. So, <laughs> Chris Jericho has had the most eliminations with 10. Wow, 10? Okay, now this is going to lead me on to something. 
is this is is this another Chris Jericho Rumble stat? Has yes. he never actually won one? He's actually won one, and that was in twenty ten. Okay. And All that right, would have been okay. for the World Heavyweight Championship. So he has yeah. won one. Who okay, has... the, 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 agenda, the agenda is okay. <laughs> Who has... Actually, there are a lot of people, as a matter of fact, who have had one right. and only one appearance. So I guess for the sake of this one, who do yeah. you think is the most random person to have ever had an elimination chamber match, any one off the top of your head, and I will I will say if it's right or wrong. Um. Okay. <laughs> I can probably pull out some bangers from the mid twenty tens <laughs> or the early twenty tens. Um. Vladimir Kozlov. Wow. Correct. <laughs> Um, that was a time where they were they were they were huge on him. <laughs> Pringles in a ball. <laughs> yeah. You double know double E. Double double E indeed. Um Was Hornswoggle in it ever in an elimination chamber? I don't think as a participant, but I think he may have appeared in one. Yes, mm. that is correct. Right. Um I mean it's not as funny, but like I know the the great Carl Lee was in one. Maybe yeah. I've been elimination. I do know. I do know. I do know that. Um, yeah, maybe I don't fit in pod. <laughs> maybe I powerbomb through pod. <laughs> maybe I chain link fence. Um, who else is random? We already said Chris Masters. That's a pretty random one. Honestly. Honestly, I know why they did it, but Mandy Rose in the Elimination Chamber is ran- random as fuck. I'm sorry. No business being anywhere near that structure. Would you be shocked? I know. I- okay. I know Santino Morella was in one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was the, the weird, like, was it like the Intercontinental one mm-hmm. they did or something like that? Yeah. That would be, that is correct. Would you believe me if I told you that Big Daddy V. And Kevin yeah. Owens share the exact same record for oh, an elimination I... chamber. Yeah, because um, that was in the crossover SmackDown ECW one, Correct. which here you go. Um, had Mike Knox in it. <laughs> that is true. That you, is. You true. know what I mean about it being the redheaded stepchild. Yes. <laughs> so here's one for you. Who has had the worst track record in Elimination Chamber? A person who has appeared, um, has not eliminated anyone, and has had no victories. So most, so really, we're looking for most appearances, but least eliminations (laughs) and victories. Um, it's a. But I must add, this is it's a two-way tie. For the for the most of okay, this is gonna be oh, this, this is gonna be tough. Um, so the person who's been eliminated the most, so who's had the most uh, the, the the man with the with with the appearance with the worst track record, who's had a, uh, two or more appearances but has never eliminated anyone or has never had a single victory. It's never eliminate. Oh God. God. 
Um, okay, I'm going to go for this. Uh, this seems like a random one because they used to stick them in them randomly all the time. Our truth. Yeah. Believe yeah. it or not, he has one elimination to his name. That would have been right. that would have been in the IC or the tag one then. <laughs> um <laughs> They've had three they've had at least two appearances. Yes. Um I don't know then. My my own my only other thought would be someone like Someone in that's in that same weird like <laughs> that same weird middle ground. Um Would you like me to reveal? Yeah, this is I'm actually yeah. so, I don't know. Two way tie for the worst track record for uh for Elimination Chamber goes to Wade Barrett and Seth that, Rollins. That's that, weird. That hurts. Both of them have had three appearances with zero eliminations and zero victories. I would not accept. I would not expect Baron that. Baron Corbin, it comes third with two and zero and zero. Cesaro has had three and one. Uh, Big Show four and two. Jeff Hardy four and two. Like people that you would expect, like. Of course, Johnny Garg. You can't really count most people from this year, like Gargano, Reed, guys like that. Yeah, because yeah. They've had eliminations. Well, they've had eliminations. They've already been in one this year. Um, yeah, it's that's, hard that's to think. Really, that's, really, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah, I find it weird that. Well, hey, I find it weird that Seth Rollins has only been in three, but then that's because they've only really started caring about it. <laughs> I say caring with like big air quotes around it. Okay, yeah, so no, fellas, who's had the but... most victories? The most victories in the elimination chamber. The most consistent man who knows that structure inside and out better than anyone. Uh, got, um, I mean, he's putting himself over. It's got to be Triple H, right? <laughs> you right. damn right. <laughs> I'm fairly sure he just did four on, four on the bounce. Four on the bounce that he did. Second, Jesus. joint second is Daniel Bryan <laughs> and John Cena with three. This guy. <laughs> fucking guy, right? So, with all of that, let's go on to the females. In terms of uh, who do you think has had, uh, who has had the most victories, appearances, and eliminations? Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler with one victory, oh. one appearance, five eliminations, but we'll get to that. Second, obviously, well, well, Joining her in second in terms of uh, eliminations, only separated by eliminations, is Bianca Belair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Who is the only person to have made the most appearances but never have won? I'm going to say Asuka. I'm going to say Asuka. The most appearances but never won? Mm-hmm. Uh... Who would have been? I'm trying to think how long they've been doing it. Since twenty, oh, was it 2018? I said, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, around... who would have been making a bunch of appearances but not one? Um, Carmella, Liv Morgan. Oh wow! With four appearances. Oh wow, that's really yeah. Okay. Oscar has made two appearances, has won one, and has three eliminations. 
she won one. I, I yeah, yeah, legitimately... she, 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 she did win one. I, I, couldn't legitimately... remember, I, I can't remember which one. I legitimately think that I legitimately thought she didn't. Fair enough. There are a lot of people with kind of like with kind of like one one appearance, no victory, no loss. Yeah, I I I was sure that there was a bunch that were like. Surprises me that it surprises me that Rhea's never won one, but only has one elimination again as well, which is really weird when you think about it. You'll probably get that number up very soon. Oh, very soon. Honestly. I can only imagine. Yeah. So with all of that, with the with the little quiz and the factoid stuff down. Let's talk about some of our favourite Elimination Chamber matches from history. Let's go. Let's go around, right. start around the table. We'll start with Dan. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, I think I'll just go off the top and as much as I... <laughs> I mean, as much as I do clown on it, I do quite like the New Year's Revolution 05. Mm. But I feel like that's more just because of the people in it. <laughs> That's for true. <laughs> I I do I do quite I do quite like it. Um, is it is it the greatest thing in the world? Mm, not really, but I think it does quite well to like work on the formula. Mm-hmm. The, like literally, the only thing about it is I would argue like it just gets a bit overblown. I'm not a big fan of Shawn Michaels being the guest referee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I I would I would go for that. That's my my first one. Good choice, good choice. Reardon? Uh, I'm actually going to go for um, No Way Out 2008. Good choice. Mm. Which I, I, I just think that one really... That one, maybe... I'm, see, the Elimination Chamber is such, again, it's so weird because it's kind of like... I feel like I've always watched an Elimination Chamber the other day and yet I haven't. Mm. Mm-hmm. They're very. It's a very strange matchup where they all kind of blur together for me, at least. Yes. But I remember that one being particularly good, like Undertaker and Batista again doing fucking great work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that I think that is the one that stands out to me the most. It's it's definitely a match which like persists in spite of itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one that doesn't go as mentioned, I think. But uh, has a couple of really good spots that stick out to me. I kind of want to give a little shout to the the Raw Chamber match from Elimination T- Chamber 2011. Good choice. Um, so a lot of six spots, but also John Morrison was one of the very first people to climb to the top of the chamber structure uh, on the chain link fence and throw himself off it, thus starting a, a whole bunch of people doing the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you, i mean you you you're the one that has to buy him john who now has a boxing record by the way oh yeah he's the he does only, you know what makes create, laugh? he's one of the very few <laughs> professional wrestlers to actually have a victory in a combat sport now crot i've got now you can say ken shamrock say... and and dan seven <clears throat> of course but of course, those guys were actually mixed now, martial artists before getting properly into professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is true. Although I would also like to clarify that uh, I'm fairly sure his boxing match was against the dude from Epic Mealtime, yeah. which is a sentence I have to say. But <laughs> that's, it, that, that's the nature of influencer boxing. What, wait, wait, was it was it the Sauce Boss? No, it, yeah, Harley, whatever his name is. Oh, so that's his name. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I love there the was fact a, there, there was a there was a thing about who whoever his opponent was actually meant to be. Mm. I can't remember who they said it was going to be though. I I can't for the life of me. Um, I'm trying to figure out and try and remember who it was that they said it was going to be. Um. They said it was going to be another wrestler, I thought. I believe it was, yeah. But I do know that, like, John Morrison was tr was trained for that fight by Josh Barnett, so that Harley Morenstein didn't have a chance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, but yeah, that 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 is a that is a sentence that um that ha has had to be said, unfortunately. But uh, also, may I just say, uh, shout out to Nathan Barnett, a.k.a. Dad, who ended up having quite a, a, defin a, def a def uh, definitive victory and then called out Seth Rollins. <laughs> yeah, that was also a thing that's happened. I want to see that happen. <laughs> also, you shout out to Nathan Barnett, because that dude has been around for decades at this point and still manages to still be around and have quite a successful career, not only as dad, but as Keith Apicary as well. <laughs> it's crazy how that works. Anyway, no, yes. Uh, yes, boxing, boxing champion, but also man who revolutionised the Elimination Chamber, John Morrison. Great match, great match, great match. Yeah. Dan, back to you, sir. Um. Okay. I'm going to preface this one by saying I don't think the match is actually that good. <laughs> Go on. Which, which sounds stupid. But there is a thing in a part of me which really respects and believes in the format of the Tag Team Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Because mm. the match is awfully executed. <laughs> Are we talking about the very first one? 2015. Yeah. <laughs> it is awfully executed, and it is a mess both to watch and presumably to be in. But I, I, there's part of me that believes there's something that can work in it. Yeah. There's like a trace of that original War Games formula that I'm like, this, this could work. They've tried it a couple of times since. I know they tried it with the women's tag, and they tried it with the SmackDown tag. There's there, there, well. there's something in there. I don't know what it is though, but there's something just like waiting to happen. Mm. But I'm like, eventually it will click and it will work. <laughs> but I don't know if I'm just getting my hopes up for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have you there for that one. I have you there for that one. So, Reardon. Yeah. Let's... God. Yeah, I, I still think... like I still think of No Way Out, man. I really like it. I just really, really, really like... I mean, there are so many great little moments in the Elimination Chamber. But I do... I do often wonder honestly, about its place mm -hmm. in in WWE, like... I was gonna... I was about to call it the universe, but I refuse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't... Don't listen to their corporate language. Don't the, the, the ecosystem. The, the, yeah, yeah, that's just better. Like, the ecosystem. It's such, like... It's such a weird one, especially considering when you think about it, the entire history of it is one wrestler wanted it, didn't get it, but got, like, 
Got got the we have war games at home. Yeah. Yeah. And so as much as I really do love the format of it, I often do I do you think that it's been utilized well enough? No. No. I don't think so. Here here's my thing with the utilization of of Elimination Chamber. Mm. Which is that ultimately I, f- I feel like ultimately with war games you're dealing with factions. Mm. So you have the the jeopardy comes from like the advantage. It's like who's in who's in control. And then the end is just like an absolute shit fest. But with with elimination chamber there's like because it's all single participants something about it is like missing because hmm. I, I feel like I feel like with Elimination Chamber the, the biggest thing is that like it's kind of like it's almost like the championship scramble yeah. to a certain degree yeah like what I think would be a really cool concept for it right is you know how it has like the, the entry for the pods yeah wouldn't a cool concept be that the champion always goes first Mm. Like if the champion's in the match, the champion is always in first. Like I feel like that would be a cool addition, right? Because I think the match could benefit from just being a lot more open to chaos. Yeah, I think that is because, the key thing. Because, I, because again, I always argue. I think elimination chambers held back by being before WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, it absolutely has if, been. If, 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 if you had Elimination Chamber in, like... Or let's say this, if you had Elimination Chamber before, like, in, like, October, where they currently yeah. have Hell in a Cell... Yeah. I feel like that would suit it a lot better, because then you can be a lot more chaotic with booking. Mm-hmm. Honestly, why haven't, like, thinking about it, why haven't they put it back into Survivor Series... <laughs> I know, right? That's it. It seems really like again. I, I, I know. I feel like I know why because WWE is addicted to making literally everything a pay per view. <laughs> but, but I think maybe I think part of the thing is that maybe that elimination chamber just shouldn't be a pay per view. It just shouldn't. No, I agree. Like, like you know, like, it can be. It can be its own pay per view. But I, like, don't just, know. No, I don't, no, I no, don't no. know. It it can be. It probably shouldn't be, <laughs> but it, 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 it can be insofar that I'd rather have Elimination Chamber as a special event than I would Hell in a Cell. Yes, agreed. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed, agreed, agreed. Because uh, this is going to sound like, it's hilarious. I think for February, WWE should take a page from New Japan's book. Just have Road 2. Yeah. Yeah. Just make it the Road to WrestleMania show. I mean, well, no, they they usually do that for roadblock, don't they? No, but like it's like but, cramming but, but, two, but, 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 like cramming but, but two sticking, but sticking elimination chamber there just does mm, nothing. Exactly, because like the I think the fun of it should come from like okay, we're having a WWE Championship elimination chamber match. Here's who's in it, right? And just being like, oh shit, the champion could be eliminated and then everyone else is competing for it. Mm. 
I also don't agree with like the elimination chamber for number one contender. Yeah, that's really? dumb. Oh, but then again, I've got again like number. But then again, the the degradation of the concept of the number of the like number one contender is something that will never, never not get on under my skin. <laughs> like I like no like no like number one contender is a big thing. Yep. But why are we having elimination chamber for it? Mm. Mm. If you want to have an elimination match, go ahead. But I don't feel like Elimination Chamber is the place to have <laughs> a, a, a contenders match because there's nothing. There's, there's strictly there's nothing at stake. Mm. There is, but like not more like a, a thing of like, oh, we're having the Elimination Chamber because it's like the champion can't escape. There's lots of people around them. They could be eliminated at any time. There's chaos going all around. Mm. And that's where I think it performs best. But we unfortunately don't get to see that. <laughs> yeah, I get that. No, I get that. I that get does that. make sense. Mm. That's for true. That's for true. It's just, yeah, it is, some, it's a, it is a concept dedicated to chaos. And that is the one thing that WWE hates more than anything. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the key thing. It's like, it's, for for like it's it's a very strange like it's a very strange format for such a company honestly like it, <laughs> oh yeah like, yeah it, it would fit better with anything any other company I can think of frankly mm. impact there you go <laughs> honestly honestly Yo, like the, the, T- the the TNA elimination chamber would go so hard we would we would fully end up with like Chris Sabin getting like a two day reign it would be i i would love to of to have seen like like elimination chamber during not like but not during like the good part of TNA. I want oh, it during yeah. the bad like the you bad part of TNA. Like twenty thirteen yeah. TNA. Absolutely. Peak COVID I, TNA. I wanna see what fucking happens. If nothing else see- I wanna I wanna see what happens when we stick EC free and crazy Steve. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Elimination yeah, chamber. Broken, you, broken you, Matt Hardy in the elimin- in the TNA Elimination Chamber. Can you imagine the ridiculousness and the fear in Hogan's eyes if he was in the Elimination Chamber? Hmm. Oh, he would shit himself. I, I that, know man takes, looking- that man takes one back bump outside and his spine is turned to dust forever. This is true. Like, I know he would try and book himself to win. Honestly, I think it would be kind of worth it just to see him. <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. I'm not going through that pod, dude. Well, let me tell you something, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I didn't realize Val Venus turned up. <laughs> I had a lot of pussy. Anyway, no. <laughs> Uh, well, and that is getting cut and put on the Twitter feed. You, you damn that right. Is a, that is a mad sound clip. Yeah, that's the sound clip right there. So in terms of modern day ones, I can't not talk about the Raw Women's Championship match at Elimination Chamber 2020. See, okay, let, oh. me, let me just speak one word on this real quick. I, this is how you book Shayna Baszler. Yes. 
You have her mow through the all of the competitors. Start at number one and just go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to rip your limb off. I'm going to rip your limb off. I'm going to rip your limb off. And I'm going to rip your limb off and beat you with the wet end of it's it. It's almost like sticking a bunch of wrestlers in a cage with a cage fighter should end that way. <laughs> how you bloody do it. That's how you book. Uh, uh, that's how you book Shayna Baszler. I talked about it. We talked about it in the Baszler retrospective, but that's how you do it. It's one of my personal favorites. I also want to give a shout out to the SmackDown uh, Elimination Chamber match uh, from Elimination Chamber 21. The one where uh, where Dan uh, Daniel Bryan beat Cesaro, Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Corbin and Sami Zayn, but then had to immediately have a match for the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. Basically, it was a way to kind of set up that, okay, because of that, we're now going to slot Brian into the triple threat match at WrestleMania. Yep. That, it still shook that, like, Cesaro had how many eliminations? Oh, gosh, I think Cesaro's only had one. What a stat for Cesaro, of all people. Should have, should have more. He really should have more. He really, he really, he should have more than one. Like, even if it was two, I would be okay with it. But one? <laughs> My God. So, talking about this year's Elimination Chamber matches, we've had two that took place, in, uh, of course, in Montreal, of course. That one, really, we can't... That one really will only get remembered purely for the... The, the Sami Zayn Roman match. There's no doubt in my mind that that's the only thing I think people will remember, and quite rightly so, because you know it was Montreal. It was Sami's kind of it was Sami's kind of moment in the main event uh, slot. And is there a part of me that still thinks that Sami should have won? Yeah, there's a little part of me that kind of wish Sami would have won, but. I mean, as time goes on, it's more and more <laughs> because, like, I mean, someone should have bloody won. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, it was at this time. That and and believe it or not, I think it was quite recently. Um, I'm not. I don't know how recent it was, but it was only then I realised that um, that elimination chamber for the longest time has been called something else in Germany. Really? Uh, yes. Uh, do you want me to talk about this? Yes, please. Um. So yeah, when uh, WWE. Uh, presented the pay-per-view of Elimination Chamber, um, they were met with some, we'll say, discomfort from uh, German authorities. Uh, mostly owing to, uh, I'm going to say it, in the context of Germany in the modern day, uh, an understanding of why the term, or the name Elimination Chamber may not be acceptable. Mm. 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 Yeah, uh, and I, as I'm, as I believe, um, I can't remember what they rebranded it as though. I believe for the longest time it was No Way Out. I believe they may have kept it as No Way Out. But from what I've heard, it actually might be called No Escape now. Yeah. But no, uh, 
completely sidetracking myself. All I'll say is, you you kind of know the reason. Uh, yes, here, here we go. It's called um, the Elimination Chamber pay per view structure and match are called No Escape in Germany. There you go. And you know the and when you think about it, when you really think about it, you can start to understand why specifically it's called that in German. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I will, I will, I, I will, I, I will be here and say though. At, at, at least in this situation, this is something which is like as much a thing about like translation. Mm. Oh yeah, this is like a translation quirk than anything. Than anything else. Yeah, because it like <laughs> in accordance to what it is, it's what they term a steel chamber in which an elimination match takes place. Mm-hmm. Mm. Exactly. Like there are many situations where I will be there and say WWE have very patently messed up with their branding when they could have literally just read for two seconds. Exactly. Yeah. Gunter Stark, anyone? Yeah, that's that's one of them ones. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, mm. this year's Elimination Chamber matches in particular. The US Championship match, which was the very first time the US Championship has been defended inside the Elimination Chamber, and the Raw Women's Championship match. I don't know. I was kind of meh on both of them. <laughs> yeah, honestly... I. <sighs> It's such a shame, I mean, considering we had Montez Ford in the, in the Raw one, and I think he was the only one that really stood out of, uh, of uh, in regards to the rest of the competitors. Was it because he was doing crazy, flippy stuff off of the chamber? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the dude was, was. a gymnast, so... <laughs> Is it because... Does anyone know of Johnny Gargano's appearance in it only because he wore Bluey-inspired ring gear? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you know, Bluey's a top tier children's show, and he is—he is—he is. is a new dad, so I can understand why he—he he had the Bluey inspired gear. And the Raw one again, as you said, I, of course, Oscar became number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship, but in hindsight now, because of the build up being so not there. Kind of puts a damp squib on what could have been a uh, like a really good match to lead to a build up, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course we got, of course we got Psycho Clown Oscar. So you know. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, Psycho Clown Oscar. So not all was lost, but it's safe to say. Oh no, Elimination Chamber's in a weird flux period at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be blunt. I'll, I'll say that the Elimination Chamber has always been in a weird flight. <laughs> yes. I think especially since War Games has now properly been introduced into the WWE canon. Yeah, now it's yeah. now it's properly back. I would argue... Well, the thing is, though, is I don't know. Is it is it redundant? <clears throat> I wouldn't call it redundant, <clears throat> but it still needs to find its place. Yes. Yeah. Because again, War Games is is explicitly faction based, and got it right by putting it on Survivor Series. Yes, <laughs> it took him like twenty years, but he got there eventually. <laughs> oh well, and now that's... he'll never see it again. Exactly. At least the Elimination Chamber will sell toy sets. Let's be honest. 
Anyone, I don't care. This can go to Vince, even though I know he's definitely not listening. If you think War Games ain't going to sell toy sets, you're mad. <laughs> there are 35 to, to 55 year olds out there that have money and will spend that money on a WWE War Games set. This is true. Very true. Very true. Yep. Well, well, you could just, you could just, you know, put two by two rings and put them together and make them a steel kit. No, it's not, not the, same. the same. It's not the same. And you know, and oh, is it because it's not called War Game? No, they do have an NXT War Game set, and that sold like gangbusters. I do know that that sold like gangbusters at Smith's mm-hmm. Toys. Although the weird one for me when they did have that one is that it was uh it came with a Pete Dunn figure. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm guessing it's a Brit it's a British thing because I guess in America they have Keith Lee. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So it, in terms of where it is at the moment, I unless they do something like as you said, like they really do change where it is in the um, in the running of the of the of the yearly pay per view structure. It's mm-hmm. I don't see it lasting very long. Well, I don't... well, with <laughs> I say that if it were the case that Triple H was still head of creative, but you know, with yeah. Vince being back and being de facto leader. I don't think it's going to go away and move anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. <laughs> oh, dear God, you never know. <laughs> but with that, that concludes our episode for this week. Oh, well, it's safe to say that we kind of ended with like, a, oh, yeah, it's not too bad, but it is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how it always was going to end, frankly. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, next episode. It's been a while. Actually, I think it's been, like, several months, I think, at this point. <laughs> Long, The longest stretch ever. It always seems that way. Whenever we go back to doing this, it always seems like I leave it a very long time. But, yeah, if you can't, <laughs> if you can't tell, Great Wrestlers You Never Knew is back for a new volume. And of course, stay tuned to our socials to find out who we're going to be profiling. As you know, same rules apply for each great wrestlers. Three matches. We rate, we talk about them, rate them, and we talk about, of course, why you should be watching more of said wrestler. But that is coming up next week. Until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon. And you've been listening to the Sweet Chin Web podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. Bye for now. Oh, and by the way, this episode's getting delayed because um, I don't have enough time to actually edit it and get it yeah. up because I'm not superhuman. So uh, um, blame blame uh, Triple H. Blame Triple H. Yeah, blame blame yeah. Hunter Hearst Hounds. Blame Vince McMahon's mustache. Bye for now. Bye.